hard because I haven't always been in the spot that I am now and I could even go back to a few years ago like I'd gone through a lot of difficult things in the past few years I think I, I really was finding that my personality wasn't matching up a lot um, with how I was outside of church and then how I was reacting to the people in church and so I knew that like I needed to find who I really was and I knew that that person who I was being for the little kids at church and just being excited with them and teaching them things was really who I was and not speaking differently or treating people differently like I was at school and around my peers so that that's kind of where like a big change happened for me just in my personality finding who I was and just it made me happier because I was able to be myself in every different place that I was in. Joy means being comfortable, like being happy, and not not just that feeling of being happy, but it's it's like an, it's an experience. It's not um, just this little feeling that you have on Sundays when we're all here together. There's this just like overwhelming. I don't even know how to describe it. Like especially during worship, but just in general, even when we're serving, like there's there is that overwhelming joy, and there's this sense of like you you can really have nothing in common with anybody there but you still belong there and just that you like unity and being with everybody that's where that joy comes from so whether that's with the little kids or with other people in worship or standing out in the hallway or serving coffee like whatever it is um, I think it's like the unity and knowing that you're all there to like worship God and just be happy together and rejoice I think that's super powerful. Hi I'm Carly DeMarco and this is my story. love that, don't you? I'm going to hire her as soon as I can. Welcome, everybody. Homer Glenn, New Lenox, Orland Park Online. Good to have you with us. We're going to talk about how to be a better human being, right? And we're going to talk about joy today. Three church couples decided to go out to a nice steak place for dinner. And when they arrived, you know, they were given that little beeper device. And they went, you know, to the, to the bar area, a little waiting room. And as they waited, a cocktail waitress came by and said, Hey, welcome to happy hour. What can I get you to drink? And all three couples just kind of graciously declined anything from the bar. They said, No, we'll just wait for a table. So 15 minutes later, another waitress comes by. And another server comes by. And she's like, Hey, welcome to happy hour. How you doing? What do you want to drink? And they're like, No, no, no thanks. And then five Five minutes later, another one came by. Welcome to happy hour. Why do you like to drink? No, we're just waiting on a table. And one of the men mentioned to one of the other men, you know, that probably they were delaying the table so that they would order something from the bar, you know, and jack up the bill. So when the girl came by the fourth time with their welcome to happy hour speech, the other man said, ma'am, listen, we're Baptists and this is as happy as we're going to get. So tell them to get us a table. Dry January isn't helping your mood any, is it really? I mean, come on, I get it. And I can't argue that you are a better human if you are dry or wet. I really can't. Or if you're a Baptist or not, for that matter. But I can argue that you're a better human if you are joyful. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, most of, us are, <laughs> most of us are in some kind of a better eating or drinking plan in January, right? Which is so dumb if you think about it. I mean, I know we gained weight over the holidays, but why do we choose to lose that weight during the most depressing month of the year? 
Why not keep, can I, can I get an amen? Why not keep the wait until it warms up in June, right? And then we have dry June or, you know, go on whole 30 or whatever in June. Extra weight keeps us warm, am I right? Can I get a dilly-dilly from you, okay? I'm just, I'm just I'm, I digress. Here's where we're going with this better human being idea for the next few weeks. I want to look at what I think is the best list in the Bible of the qualities of a good human. And it's found in Galatians 5. You, my brothers, were called and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Okay, this is good, man. We're called to be free, but hey, pay attention. Don't indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. You know this, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. What a great January verse for us to go to. Great way to start the new year. Then he goes on. If you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. How could, how could Paul 2,000 years ago have seen social media and already prophesied it? It's, it's unbelievable to me. Biting and devouring each other. Watch out or you will destroy one another. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh and they are in conflict with one another, right? You, you understand all that, right? The, you understand the, 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 the Spirit, the flesh, the bright side, the dark side, right? Dr. Heckle, Mr. Jo- Mr. Hyde, you have Bruce Banner, the Hulk, right? Adam Sandler in Happy Gilmore versus Adam Sandler in Anger Management, right? Except there's that... That one scene in Happy Gilmore where he gets in a fight with Bob Barker, and that's pretty funny. I mean, that's just hilarious. But the acts of the flesh are obvious. They are, you know, here's your list. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. That's a great word, isn't it? Debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions and envy and drunkenness and the like. Okay, let me make the list look like this, okay? And I'm kind of summarizing everything because I want to summarize the, the list of the flesh versus the, 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 the beautiful list of the, of the fruits of the Spirit, okay? So anger, anxiety, impatience, meanness, selfishness, doubt, harshness, indulgence, hatred, right? On our bad days, we're experiencing at least one of these. It's obvious that these are not the qualities that make for a good human. I don't like to be around people that are like this. Do you? I don't even like to be around me when I'm like this. So if that's what the flesh wants, if that's, those are our darker impulses, then what does the Spirit want? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now let's go back to our list and, and, and see what God wants for us, okay? And this is why I did this list this way, okay? And I, and I didn't do it in order, and I'm not preaching them in order. No, no order needs to happen necessarily one way or another. I wanted to do it this way. You got anger, you got joy, right? And, and really, we're going to talk about joy today, so all of these really have to do with joy, right? If you have anxiety, you don't have any joy, but, but especially when you line it up, peace, you got impatience, impatience, meanness, kindness, selfishness, goodness, 
doubt, faith, harshness, gentleness, indulgence, self-control. I mean, that, you know, that was the, that could be drunkenness, immorality, whatever it is. You got hatred, dissensions, all those kinds of things. And then the opposite is love. This is what he's trying to say. And over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into this list and see if we can discover uh, something about our own human experience and how to be a better human. And, and I just want to say right up front, this is all going to go together. So if you're, if you're listening today, if you're listening online today, wherever you are, make sure that you, you know, if you miss a Sunday at a, at a campus or whatever, make sure you catch up with it online. Because I don't want you to be getting to the end of this and going, oh, there was peace? I didn't, I didn't know we had peace. It's all going to go together, okay? And everybody knows that there is a dark side or a light side, however you want to put it, depending on, you know, your movie reference. The difference for a Christian is how you achieve the results, I mean, and really, when I think of Star Wars, it's, it's actually brilliant, you know, the, the light side, the dark side, whatever. I mean, what should you do if you want to be in the right place, on the light side, on the bright side, on the good side? You should use the force. And this is where I hope you learn something different, and I'm wrestling through it because it's so hard to find the balance. This is about using the force. These are the fruits of the Spirit, okay? And, and again, what he says is those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we use the force. And the problem for me is, is if we're going to talk about joy, it'd be really easy for me to get up and give you, you know, like here's five things that are going to bring you joy in 2022. But it's not about you. It's about the force. It's about the spirit living inside of you. And I also don't want to just get up and say, well, you just need to be closer to the spirit. You need to read the Bible and pray more because that gets to be nagging at some point. And that's not helpful, is it, guys? Okay, I mean, I was, I was expecting a dilly-dilly out of there, but everybody had to be quiet. I get it. Okay, so, so we're, so we're going to spend our time. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend our time talking about how to farm the fruits of the Spirit. Are you with me? Because each fruit has, needs different nutrients and has different qualities. That's why you have a hard time growing oranges or grapefruit in your backyard in Chicago, right? Because there are different environments needed for the fruit. And good fruit only grows on healthy trees. If your tree is full of dead branches and fungus and insects, whatever, it is not going to grow good fruit. So let me put the list up again. And remember, the left side is what an unhealthy tree produces. And the right side is what the healthy tree produces. So we're going to grow fruit over the next few weeks. And, and we won't use any GMOs, okay? Genetically modified organisms, just so you know. We won't do that. I hate what the U.S. has allowed happen to our food so much. I mean, I have gluten problems. It affects my arthritis in my back. And so I can't eat gluten, not because I can't eat gluten. It's because I can't eat American gluten because of what we've done to American wheat. If I go to an Italian restaurant, I ask the chef, hey, where do you get you the wheat for your bread? I literally do this where do you get the wheat for your bread and sometimes they get their their wheat for their bread from Italy and it's mama mia bread for mia you know what I mean because I can eat it because because Italy doesn't allow us to screw up our bread I'm sorry I'm going off again so I was thinking about that in regards to joy okay we're going to talk about joy today so let's go back to the you know to the Baptist I mean 
I'm not a teetotaler, okay? Please understand that. But if you need alcohol or stimulants to have joy in your life, I think that's a GMO. Are you following me? Right? We joke about it all the time. Oh, I need a drink. Oh, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? And the Bible says God made wine to gladden the heart. Nothing wrong with it at all. And possibly there are literally heart benefits for like some alcohol, like red wine. But alcohol is also bad for the brain and, you know, other organs. So there's got to be balance in there. But for sure, it is one thing for the Bible to say God gave wine to make the heart glad. And another for us to say, I need some wine to make my heart glad. That's a GMO. Are you following my train of thought so far? Okay. So, so here's my illustration. All right. Most of the time our talk about being a better human um, ends up being about behavior management rather than actual transformation. And we're going to keep talking about this over and over throughout the next few weeks. But it's about, it, usually we get up and we talk about behavior management instead of transformation. So our tree looks like a Christmas tree. And even if it was a real tree, okay, and, and oh, you know, I, I get it. I love the smell of a real tree, but not the mess, right? How many, how many fake treeers out there are there? Let me see. Yeah, okay. I mean, I get it. Plus, I'm afraid of squirrels ever since I saw Christmas Vacation. So we're, we're fake tree people too. But even if this was a real tree, right, it's still dead, <laughs> I mean, unless you actually pay to get the whole root ball thing, you know, and some people do that, you're going to get the whole root ball thing so that you can transfer it. Most of the time, they just cut it off, and it's still dead. It's still a tree that is faking its life. This one's faking that it's alive, but even your real tree is faking that it's alive. And if it has fruit on it, right, if it has any fruit on it, it is fake fruit. I mean, maybe you put real fruit on it, but I don't know if you know this, you know, about horticulture, but pine trees don't grow apples anyway, right? So, so this whole thing is a big bunch of fake, and you're going to throw it away, or you're going to put it in a box in the attic, and you're going to put it up. And what I want to say is that I think this fake dead tree with fake fruit on it, it really illustrates the way a lot of Christians address how to be a better human. Because it's about what's going on on the outside. And, and, and that's all fine, but the inside is what really is important. Dave Ramsey posted this on his Instagram this week. I thought it was great. When people try to impress everyone by looking rich. So I, I'm like, I think this is Bed Bath & Beyond. I can't really tell. So it's up high where you're not really going to look. And look at that. I didn't know they did that. They have actual foam pieces that make it look like they're stacked up there, but they're really not. And, and, and that's what this really is when you think about the fruits, right? So what Jesus taught and what we should be trying to understand and what early Christians believed was that we could be transformed. Not fake, but transformed. And the Bible writers and the early church really saw themselves as farmers of the soul. And there were certain farming practices associated with each fruit. They didn't create the fruit. They farmed the type of heart where the Holy Spirit does better work in regards to the fruits. I mean, again, think about who were the biggest fruit fakers. That's hard to say. Fruit fakers in Jesus' day. The Pharisees. And Jesus hated that. 
He said, you fruit fakers. I feel like I'm going to swear accidentally if I'm not careful. You, you fruit fakers, you hypocrites. On the outside, you look great, but the inside is full of dead men's bones because the Pharisees looked like they had joy and peace and patience, but on the inside, they didn't have it. So I'm going to keep unpacking this as we go, all right? This week, we're going to start with joy. I know love's at the top of the list, but we're going to hit that last. I, I, just, I, I think joy has been such a challenge to us throughout the last couple of years of pandemic and everything else. I want to start here, all right? Garrison Keillor is so hilarious, but he said, some people think it's difficult to be a Christian and to laugh, but I think it is the other way around. God writes a lot of comedy. It's just that he has so many bad actors. Isn't that right? He has so many bad actors. Why, why is joy a fruit, you might ask, okay? A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. You with me? Okay, positive effects of joy And laughter, well, your brain releases endorphins, your brain is more active, you burn calories. Laughing every day can burn enough calories to burn off four or five pounds a year. Forget dry January, man, let's just laugh, come on. I went to a clean comedian yesterday, the Chicago Theater, Nate Bargancy. You got to watch him on Netflix. It was unbelievable. Absolutely nothing inappropriate. Man, I, I, I lost three pounds like yesterday just laughing. You are more relaxed for 45 minutes after you laugh, okay? You bond with people more easily, and it can be deeper. This means you will have better and richer relationships. You will be a better human if you have a joyful heart. It's good medicine. Nehemiah said, go on your way. Eat the fat. That's bacon, okay? Or, uh, you know, a nicely marbled ribeye. And drink sweet wine which I guess would be a Riesling, which does not pair well with a ribeye, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is holy to the Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy is what gives you strength to endure and conquer. And where does it come from? The Lord. So this is what we have to talk about, okay? How are we going to farm a better soil so that we can have the fruit of joy. And I'm going to give you, every week, I'm going to give you one thing to remove, one weed, okay, that you're going to pull out, and I'm going to give you one nutrient for every one of, the, uh, of these fruits, okay, with me? So how do you farm for joy? You got to get the bitter weed out, <laughs> Okay, got to get the bitter, got to get the weed out, you got to yank it out. Okay, here's what the Bible says. Those, it says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. All right, you, you got to pull that. You got to pull that root. You got to get it out of there because it's stealing the nutrients of joy. Here's how Chuck Swindoll describes it. The cause and effects of bitterness seep into the basement of our lives like runoff from a broken sewer pipe. Every form of ugliness begins to float to the surface of those murky waters. Prejudice, profanity, suspicion, hate, cruelty, cynicism. There's no torment like the inner torment of bitterness, which is the byproduct of an unforgiving spirit. It refuses to be soothed. It refuses to be healed. It refuses to forget. 
There's no prison more damaging than the bars of bitterness that won't let the battle end. If you like being in that prison, if you think you deserve to feel bad, if you think it gives you an excuse for being a negative person, well, this happened to me, you're never going to have the fruit of joy. We talk about something tasting bitter, right? Is that ever good? A bitter pickle, a bitter pill, bitter lettuce. That's not good. Sour can be good. Salty can be good. Sweet is obviously good. But bitter is never good. Think about the word bitter and what does it do to you? Just make a bitter face at me right now. It just kind of makes you want to pucker up, right? And the Bible warns us very strongly about bitterness. And you've met these people, right, that that are never going to have the fruit of joy because they're angry all the time, because they're bitter all the time. During the Second World War, a woman of the upper crust was heard at an English society event (laughs) criticizing Winston Churchill at a social gathering. And she concluded her chastisement by turning and looking at Winston and saying, right in his face and saying, sir, if I were your wife, I would put poison in your tea. And Winston's immediate reply was, lady, if you were my wife, I'd drink it. (laughs) Right? Can I get a dilly dilly? Okay. (laughs) Bitterness is never going to be destructive. It's always never going to be constructive. It's always going to be destructive. Nothing good ever comes to it. He says, see to it. That no one misses the great, you've got you've to really be diligent about keeping the weeds of bitterness out. See to it that what? That no one, come on you guys, misses the grace of God. We have the grace of God. It's unbelievable. We have the force. How could we miss it? Oh, we could let the bitter roots grow up around. You see? Pretty simple. You just let enough of those things, and, and, and it'll happen. Listen, and this statement is huge. What a, what a, what, how sad it is to have God's grace and miss it because you've lived your life with all these bitter weeds around you. It's literally choking out the joy. And if you show up today, if you show up anywhere, and you've got a little bit of joy in your life, and everybody's like, oh, it looks like you're having a good day, you know what? It's probably just a fake fruit. And please hear me. I, I know you may have been hurt deeply in such a way that someone deserves to be punished for what they did to you. I do understand that. I know some of your stories, okay? I really, really do. But listen to what the Bible says. This is the brother of Jesus, James. By all means, don't brag about being wise and good if you are bitter and jealous and selfish. That is the worst kind of life. It's a pretty hard statement, but I'm trying to shock your system to help you be a better human, okay? And, and it's the Bible. I, I know from what I've seen in counseling, working with people and marriages and families, that this is one of the key issues. Bitterness gets in the way of everything you do. And here's the good news for today. And I, ha- I don't know where I got this statement. So if somebody's watching online and they're like, I said this, okay, good for you. Because I lost whoever said this. But I want you to have it. I want you to take a picture of it. Because the root of bitterness only grows into a bitter weed when it is watered 
by the moisture of our memory, when it is energized by our fantasy, and when it is fertilized by our failure to forgive. It's watered by our memory, it's energized by our fantasy, what we want to do to that person, and it's fertilized by our failure to forgive them. That means that no one else can make bitterness grow inside of you. Other people can hurt you, but that weed, that root that is growing down there, is only allowed to grow in your life when you allow it to grow in your life. You can leave it or you can pull it out and let joy, like real joy, bloom in its place. So I'm just telling you that if I were you, I would stop right now and yank that bitter weed that you're holding on to. It may have been, again, something horrible that somebody did to you. Maybe it's something that you think God did to you. It may take counseling and outside help. I don't want to minimize it. And I can't help you do this all in a sermon. But I will, if you want me to, I'm going to send out something on social media tomorrow that is a worksheet that could really help get you started to be thinking about, well, I don't even remember what this bitter thing is. I don't even, I need to make sure that I forgive this person for what they did for me, to me, okay? I'm going to put that out on social media tomorrow. And, and I, I, I want to say this all over again. We want to help you with the things that you're doing. So what, if, you're, if you're watching this online, just, e- just email us. Just, just let us know. Just put something in the comments and say, hey, I want to get some help. And if you're here, we've got these cards inside uh, in, the, in the chair pocket in front of you. Just, just let us know how we can help you because we really want to do this. And I'm going to give you a bunch of resources over the next few weeks, but, but I can't unpack it all right now. I'm just telling you the bitter weeds not going to work, all right? So how do we improve the soul, the soil? The, either way, we remove the bitter weed and we improve the soil of our soul with the fertilizer of good thoughts, okay? Watch what Paul does in Philippians 4.8 as we move on from where we've been. Finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is right, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, I'll get it in order. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things and the God of peace will be with you. Think about is the Greek word logismai, which is the word we get logic from. Paul is saying you have to use logic. This is not a part of the force and the, and the Holy Spirit. You've got a brain, so you've got to use your brain to reason between fear or ang- and anxiety or joy and peace, right? What, whatever it is that's shriveling up your fruit. In simplistic terms in brain science, neurologists tell us that there's a section of our brain driven by emotion and a separate part of your brain. Gra- brain that's driven by logic, okay? The emotion part is called the amygdala, all right? It's the amygdala. It's a tiny little thing in here, and it controls your emotion. Small but powerful part of our brain. And then the part of our brain that controls logic is the frontal, prefrontal cortex, okay? That's, that's what we're talking about. I know this, you know, you're like, when do we get to science class? Just stay with me for a second, okay? This is in the front of my brain, and the amygdala is down in here in the middle. And the thing is, your brain has been designed by God 
who gave us the spirit to give us joy, but our brain was designed by God to work together. And the problem is the amygdala is not objective. Its goal is to protect. It is the fight or flight thing inside of you. So what's supposed to happen is the prefrontal cortex kicks in and uses logic to figure out whether we should be really scared or not, okay? So you go into a haunted house, and the chainsaw guy comes out, right? And your amygdala goes, ah, chainsaw guy. And, you know, and your hand's reaching for your, you know, your, your concealed carry, and you're like, oh, I forgot. They wouldn't let me bring my gun into the haunted house, right? And you're like, oh, no, good, because my prefrontal cortex is going to go, oh, wait, wait, I'm in a haunted house. He's not really the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy, He's just a haunted house, and then you can settle back down again. Or, you know, you're in Texas, and, you know, and then, and then your amygdala's like, no, run, you know, or, or, or go to the basement. Go hide in the basement. That's a good idea. Let's go do that, right? Okay? But neuroscientists tell us what happens over time is that the emotional side of our brain begins creating little neurological pathways in it, Okay? And that makes it harder when you've got these pathways, it makes it harder for the logical part of our brain to kick in. And our fear, our anxiety, our, our anger is literally drilling, it's literally cutting a pathway in our amygdala that makes it easier to be bitter and harder to be joyful. But scientists tell us your mind is pliable, Okay. All the research shows that you can retrain and rewire your, your, your mind. And again, 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 please don't hear me saying, you should just fix yourself. Just stop, you know, stop your stinking thinking. That's what you should do. No, listen, you should, you, you're probably going to need professional help. As a matter of fact, everybody needs professional help. I'm just going to tell you right now. I've had it. I get it. Um, you probably need professional help. You may need medication. Please don't hear me minimizing this at all. But Paul is telling us that we can, and listen to this, this is really important. We can become a better air traffic controller for the things that are coming into our mind. And when those bitter roots come up, you know, when you see the weed coming up, the sooner you pull it, the better off everything is going to be. He even said, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, and, and this is deep, but I think you'll be able to stay with me. You have to think about what you think about. And not every thought is worthy of thinking about. Now think about what you think about. I know it's deep. I mean, it's, you know, it's like master's level, but I'm, I'm just telling you. Got to think about what you think about. And not every thought is worth thinking about. And that's your brain. So Paul is saying, well, how, how do I retrain my brain? Well, whatever is true, right? Not, not imaginary. Not what you're thinking about at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, when your mind's like, oh, no, this is going to happen. No, no, is it really true? And if, if you don't know, find out. Whatever is noble, Worthy of thinking about whatever is right, consistent with God's word, whatever is pure, wholesome, whatever is lovely, pleasing, right, to think about, whatever is admirable, worthy of my thoughts. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Because you can't control every thought that flies into your mind, but you can control the ones you allow to land. 
And maybe, all I'm saying is maybe, the fruit of the Spirit is not joy in your life because for far too long you've filled your mind with the opposite and fear and anxiety and anger and bitterness is causing chaos. So Paul says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And the result The end of that passage in Philippians says, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We'll talk about peace more later. We'll come back to this first. I'm just telling you, man, if you want to have the fruits of the Spirit, if you want to have joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control and love, it's a, a little bit of farming and a lot of it of the Holy Spirit, but we work in partnership together. What are you going to fertilize? What weeds are you going to pull out? And again, I hope you'll come back because there's so much more to talk about with this. Last week, uh, your campus pastor already told you, if you missed it, we, we, uh, I know it was an ice storm and everything else, but we had this great week where we talked about the lights and how we're going to be the light of the world in 2022. I'll show you the pictures of all of our campuses and, and just some of the light boards that are going on. It's going to be the year of first fruits. And what we did with the lights, as you go out at our campuses, if you see them, what we did is we wrote names on there, people that we're going to share the light with. And, and you may be here today because your name was written on there and somebody said, hey, come and learn how to be a better human. Because sharing the light of Jesus in the darkness where there has been so little joy is really, really the most important thing for us, okay? And, and you can do it at your campus today. If you didn't get a chance to do it last week, uh, so a lot of people wrote me on there, and then they wrote some other names as well, because you got to have the light if you're going to share the light, right? If you don't have it, you can't share it. So we have that on there, and maybe you just want to go do that on the light board at your campus, or maybe you want to write some names on there, uh, like a lot of us did, of some people that you really want to share the light of Jesus with, and, and, and do that this next, this next week. And the year of first steps, what does that mean? Well, here's what we're going to try to help you do. We're going to try to help you take a first step in some area of your Christian life this year. We want everybody to do it. And here's my first step opportunity for you today, okay? If you want the fruit of joy, one of the best things that you could do is get into Rooted. And I know a lot of you have done Rooted already. It's a 10-week program. It starts Thursday, this Thursday, January 20th. And registration is open at all campuses. It's open until tomorrow at all campuses. There's child care available and, and everything is available for you. It's a 10-week program where you get in with some other people. And, and I teach the first week and the eighth week and the 10th week. But otherwise, you're just talking with some friends. And one of the things you're going to talk about, one of the weeks is about getting rid of the strongholds in your life. It's basically pulling up the the roots of bitterness. You're going to do that together. This would be a great way to have joy. Let me encourage you to do that. If you need more information, if you need any help, please, here's the card again, okay? So let me take us into communion, all right? I want to do that for all of our campuses, and because I want to use the dialogue from the Last Supper. Jesus's enemies are closing in on him, And, um, you know, what makes this unique is that Jesus knows he's going to suffer and die. It is not a joyful time. Here's what Jesus said. We're going to go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and they will condemn him to death, and they will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. 
This is what Jesus said ahead of time. He's seen crucifixions before. He knows what's going to happen. Judas has already gone out to betray him. Peter is boasting about his loyalty, but Jesus knows he's not going to stay loyal. The others had neglected to even wash his feet when he walked into the room, and they're bickering about who's going to be the most important person in the kingdom. This is the background to where we are at the Last Supper. It's hard to imagine a less joyful experience than Jesus was in, in John 15. And yet it's in the middle of this experience that Jesus says, look guys, I am the vine, and you're just, you're you're the branches, okay? If you remain in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Right? Do your, do your good deeds before men that they may glorify your Father in heaven. That's what we talked about last week. And as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. And I have told you this, check this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. If you remain in me, if you obey my commands, if you focus on what is good and rip out the bitter weeds, I will remain in you and you will bear real fruit. We're going to take communion. Um, There's cups uh, that you got on the way in. There's a little thin piece of cellophane on the top and then a foil piece. Just start the cellophane on top so that the bread is there and your campus pastor will lead you in it in just a moment. I just, (laughs) I really want you, I really want to be a better human in 2022 and I want us all to be a better human. It's to our Father's glory that we shine our light and we're a better human and I want my joy to be full and I want your joy to be full and that happens when we remain in him. So as we do communion today, remember that that's the goal. And one more verse from Hebrews. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him. Wow, he had to find joy at the cross. He endured the cross scorning its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for you and for me let's pray God thank you for uh, helping me wrestle through the, the fruits of the spirit because it, it's, it's really important and it's really tricky to try to figure out what the balance is between this being your fruits and me remaining on the vine so that I don't just scurry off and try to do my own thing because then I can only possibly produce fake fruit I just pray that you'll be with our church as we shine our light be with us as we think about what you did enduring the cross scorning its shame because of the joy set before you and the joy set before you was me and these people having this moment where we don't miss 
the grace of God. And for that, we thank you. It's in your name we pray.